Welcome to Ashes with Ash, the podcast bringing you audio stories from your cigar aficionado community around the world. Join me on this adventure to seek out the most incredible stories from our cigar lounge friends, owners, and customers. Let's tap into these stories with a little smoke and ash. Welcome back to another episode of Ashes with Ash. Daniel is jumping on with me today from London to share his story on becoming an actor, musician, podcaster, voiceover artist, cigar connoisseur, and his journey to becoming sober. I hope you all enjoy. All right, Daniel, welcome to the Ashes with Ash podcast. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where do you live? So I'm, orig- I'm originally from a place called Bristol, which is on the west coast of England. Um, I moved to London when I was 18, lived there for about eight years. And I now live in a place called Guildford, which is in Surrey. So just kind of south of London, but very close to London. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. So yeah. you are an actor. How long have you known you wanted to be an actor? What got you into acting? Uh, so I was a very hyper and uh, kind of show-offy little kid. I was one of those <laughs> annoying center of attention kids. <laughs> and so I think at four years old, my parents were like, we need to ch- channel this energy somehow. So they sent me to um, uh, like a, just a weekend kind of acting group for kids. And then through that, I started doing, I did a few amateur shows first. And then I started doing... Um, I was a, oh, I'm so jealous you can smoke cigars. I can't smoke cigars. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I'll have to come back on when I'm in front of you. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to come back on when there's a place I can smoke with you. <laughs> yes, definitely. We should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so then I started getting into um, when the big musical theatre shows would tour around the UK, when they came to Bristol, which is where I was from, I was one of the kids in those. So I did that from about six till I was 11, then kind of got to 11, nearing teenage years, was like, acting's not cool, so I'm going to stop that. And only only stopped for three years, and then by 14, I was like, I want to do this again. Um, and went to another group, and then by 16, I knew I wanted to go to drama school. Um, and was lucky enough to get into Lambda, which is uh, one of the biggest ones over here um, nice. at 18. So yeah, and just have been going ever since really. That's amazing. So you do like some film acting and some voice over acting. Do you prefer one over the other? I would say, I mean, my, my film uh, CV, I've done a few TV things and I've done some short films, but uh, so screen acting wise, I love screen acting, um, but I think, I, and I do a lot of voiceovers, which I love also, but my main passion I think is theater. So I do a lot of theater stuff. I would say that if I, I love all of them and I think that's the great thing about being an actor is there's so many, and they are different disciplines. So within the same career you can do, you know, I do, voiceovers, screen work, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff. Um, but if there was one I couldn't live without is theatre. That's kind of what ignited my love for it. And I think still to this day, it's the one I love the most. Yeah. What's your favourite job you've ever had? Favourite job I've ever had? Mm. Um, 
It was quite cool. I was in a TV show called The Outlaws, uh, which had Christopher Walken in it, which was cool for one to be on. Very the same. cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, but also um, the director and the writer was Stephen Merchant, who's Ricky. I don't know if you know Stephen Merchant. He's Ricky Gervais's writing partner. Okay. They wrote The Office together um, and they wrote oh, Extras together. Um, and he's also from Bristol, which is where I'm from. So that was nice. kind of cool. Um, getting directed by him so I, I would say that's my favorite and then there's you know there's some I did it I recently did a video game which I can't announce yet because it's not coming out until the 23rd of February but with a wow. Canadian developer and video games are so much fun and it was that was the <laughs> that was the one where I was like seven-year-old me would think I was really cool yeah <laughs> What's the most challenging part of being an actor? Oh, it's it's the uncertainty of it, I think. Um, it, for very few actors, I mean, even the some of the top actors, they don't work constantly. It's not that sort of job. It's a freelance job and the competition's huge. So you can go, you can go a lot of time without getting an acting job and you're, you're still working because you're still hustling, you're still auditioning for stuff. Um, but I think the most challenging part is staying sane while you're not right. in the way. I'm finding, finding, and it took me a long time. In fact, I'm only kind of just getting there really. It took me a long time to find other creative outlets and things and passions that, that I could do when I was not working in an actor um, and that's been a massive step for me I think and it's really important um, to do that because otherwise I think in my early 20s when I first left drama school my my thing was like oh well if I'm not acting then I'm I'm sad and I'm not I'm failing and all that stuff right. so you've got to find other stuff and I have many other passions and I'm finally putting them to good use kind of thing. yeah so you play yeah. music and you're a writer like what kind of music do you play and what kind of stuff do you like to write um, so I, I love all different genres of music. I, I would say the stuff I play and probably my, I, I kind of grew up with a lot of rock and blues influences. So those are probably, although I love all different types of genres, those are the two I gravitate to. Uh, but the stuff, the songs I write and the stuff I play live is, I would say a mix between blues and kind of folk singer-songwriter stuff. I'm a massive Bob Dylan fan. Like, it's mm. that kind of singer songwriter type music. Um, and writing. So uh, I, I've i been published in sort of different publications as a poet. So I love writing oh. poetry. Poetry has always been... Um, it's always been a real passion of mine. Ever since, when, even when I was young, I used to love reading poetry and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So to get published was cool. Um, I'm try. I have been trying for years, and I'm finally getting the courage to kind of take it further. I've got a play in development at the moment, so I love. I do love writing drama, but it's it's one of those things. I the creative process with songwriting and poetry is very. You don't have time for the inner critic to take control, which I love about it. It's kind of like the good songs, Neil Young always says this, like the good songs fall out of the sky. You can't really control it. And, and he always, uh, there's a quote I love that I'll get wrong by him, but he's like, if that comes, he says it's a gift from the heaven. So you sit down and you fucking write wherever you are. So like, yes. don't put it off if an idea comes. And I love that. So poetry and songwriting, I can do. 
and I can do longer form stuff, but I'm le- I'm trying to learn to fight through that inner critic because it's a different process. It's, you know, months long writing something and that's oh gosh, a difficult yeah. thing. So yeah, I'm just getting used to that. So watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those things, like you think they'll stay just hobbies or do you think you'll ever just like become a full on musician or full on writer? I think, I definitely think the writing will become something more. Um, yeah. I'm already taking those those steps. Um, it's just about, I, I have the, obviously because I'm an actor, I'm in that industry. So I have a lot of contacts and I know that once I really commit, uh, which I am starting to, and get, some, get a, my first play, which is being developed, written fully, yeah. then there's there's the opportunity to get it put on who knows what will come from that so so I definitely think the writing with music I mean music is my favorite thing in the world really um, so, uh, but I kind of feel like I, I know I'm a decent songwriter but I like the guy I do my podcast with is a professional musician and it's he's just a whole nother level like that's been his life he's been all he does is play guitar you know um and I kind of what I've enjoyed about music is it has been a creative outlet and a performing art that it's kind of because it's not my job there's no pressure there so it's almost purer in my enjoyment of it somewhat so I do want to eventually and um I have the chance to soon um, record a single and an EP and put it out on Spotify, but it's not really with um, any ambition to, you know, take it further. I, I would just like right. to put my work out into the world and hope anyone that listened liked it, you know, yeah, uh, which is kind of nice. Um, and also if you get into, you know, all the money in music now is in touring. So right. with, with that, um, it would diminish how much I could pursue acting, which is my main career and what I'm good at. What is what my what I'm best at, really? Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, congratulations on being a year sober. A year, Thanks. right? Yeah, just over a year now. That's awesome. So, how has the journey been for you? Do you want to talk about how it started when you knew you needed to get sober? Yeah, of course. Um, So I think until I was 21, I didn't know that I had an addictive personality because I I covered it with workaholism. Like I just worked, 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 which is a form of addiction in in some way. And then when I left drama school, it was, I got a job straight out, an acting job straight out of drama school. But then the work stopped and it, it it often goes that way you're a new actor you've got done nothing yet so people aren't as willing to take a chance on you kind of thing right. and I didn't I didn't find that easy and a lot of shit happened in but am I allowed to swear by the way oh yeah go for it yeah okay. great a lot of shit happened <laughs> um, um, a lot of shit happened at, in my life personally at that time as well and it first it was drugs um and then it was eventually alcohol, but within that, I went to rehab once, went to rehab again. And then I basically, I managed to kick all the drugs, uh, but just turned to alcohol. Cause I was like, oh, it's not as bad cause it's legal. Right. Of course, um, yeah. yeah. And just a lot of denial for many years, which is a real component of, you know, alcoholism and addiction, I think, of but course. it was particularly strong in me. 
Um, I kind of, I think part of my denial was kind of, I kind of romanticized it. I was like, oh, well, this is just a phase. I'm just, you know, all my heroes are freaking alcoholics and right, you know, Hemingway yeah. and all the, all the musicians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of like, I'm just a phase, it's just a phase. Um, and I don't know, there were so many times I woke up with a hangover thinking, I need to do something about this. This is, I can't be doing this anymore. But I never really meant it um, because I felt like I'd be, I desperately didn't want to lose what the alcohol was giving me. You know, it was creating this cocoon where I didn't have to sit with my emotions because they were too overwhelming. And I was afraid to lose that. And then I kind of can't explain it. Just one day after not a particularly heavy night by my standards, I just woke up and it was different. It was like, I, I just switch can't do flipped, yeah. it was like like a switch flip. it really was um and it felt different it wasn't like it wasn't like oh I'm gonna lose out on this it was like I so hope I never have to go back to this um and I I managed to after a while I used a 12-step program uh to get sober which has kind of transformed my life a lot it really helped me because I, I tried I tried to do it on my own for a bit and I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And every time I failed, you know, my self-esteem and my belief that I could ever do it got worse. So it was reaching out for help and reaching out into a fellowship and a lot of people who had the same experience that really changed things for me. Yeah, of course. What's like the most difficult part of being or becoming sober? And then like, what mindset do you have to have? What do you tell yourself like every day to keep going just to push through that difficult part yeah it's a really good question so there's a phrase in one of the 12-step program in there's like the great thing about sobriety is you get your emotions back and the bad thing about sobriety is you get your emotions back no, of <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> I, know it. I think with, with a lot of addicts it it's to the reason they use the drug or the alcohol was to not sit with pain and I realized when I got into recovery that I hadn't sat with my emotions for 27 years. I was 27 when I when I went into the program. I'd reached for anything to just numb myself. Right. So it's the first year has been amazing, but getting used to sitting with those emotions and, and really having nothing wow. to numb them was tough. But but actually it's amazing how when you do sit with them and you don't kind of fight them, how they do pass and and you yeah. you get used to i'm saying this to, to someone who's not an addict and alcoholic right. who knows me, obviously. but yeah. but you know i didn't know that you know i thought i was so terrified of, of bad negative emotions yeah. so um i think that's the worst thing and the on the tough days because life always shows up you know of it's course. always going to show up you know you're not going to get sober and then suddenly everything's going to be amazing no yeah. um but the the structure of the program that I'm in, the fellowship, is is perfect for it. Just it gives you a structure, and a real big thing of it is one day at a time. I take life one day at a time, and I don't, you know, I I can still plan, right? Plan for the future, but I don't look further than than tonight. It's like I get my head on the pillow 
tonight sober that's my goal yeah and then, just being uh, present yeah yeah it's no promises for tomorrow you know and, and it it works with drinking but it works it's, it's changed my life in yeah. everything it's life is so much kind of easier to handle now and yeah. in those when you because occasionally it does happen where you get an urge to kind of like oh this is the the urge I had when I used to drink like I want to drink kind of thing but I I always think to myself I can do today you know I cannot drink today tomorrow is a different story but I can I can do you know 12 hours so I think that's yeah. the way I can go through it yeah. yeah yeah so what's something that has changed about you since getting sober that you never even expected would be part of the process oh so many things it's it's weird kind of uh, getting to a year it's it's um it's given me time to reflect on it and I yeah. think I think I didn't realize how much I needed connection which sounds weird because obviously we all know we need human connection but I didn't realize how much I was lacking it I think right. um you know I had I had great friends I've always been lucky to have great friends and stuff like that but my drinking kept me isolated I isolated from the world right so I think getting that connection back has been amazing but the main the main change I always say this and you know it's it's sad and it's dark to think about what I was like when I first came in the rooms but this is genuinely how I felt at the time I was I saw no hope for my future I felt trapped and I I didn't have the courage to kill myself but I thought well I, I'll go through life with not expecting anything good to happen. And if something good does happen, then that's a plus side. And that's no way to live. No. And now I am so excited by the prospect and just intrigued at what's coming, you know, and yeah. I do believe that there's a future for me and I do have hope and I do trust that things will be all right weirdly and that if they're not, I can, I have the tools to handle them. So I think those are the biggest changes. That's incredible. I love that. So like, when did uh, cigar smoking come into play? Was it before you got sober? Or was it kind of something that helped you get sober? When did you yeah. get into cigars? So shout out to my uncle, Mike, who's my, my dad's brother, uh, Mike Crespin. He'll be listening to this because he loves cigars. He's a real cigar aficionado. Um, always has been as I was growing up. And um, so I kind of smoked a few with him over the years. But it wasn't until I kind of, I was in my mid-twenties, I think. And, you know, you start going to more weddings and all these things along with reaching your (laughs) mid-twenties. Someone's got a cigar. And they've become, for me, and it's only in the last sort of year, actually, that I've kind of taken things a little further with it. Um, But they've always been a real celebration. they signify celebration to me. They're like, it's a, it's a point of, definitely, but not like a woo celebration, like a celebration. We can finally relax celebration. Yeah. We can bask in, in, you know, um, an achievement or something's over and we've done well kind of thing. So the last cigar I had actually was a couple of months ago. um, After I I just finished a, a UK tour that was like three months long and my mate Lewis, who does the podcast with me, uh, bought me a cigar. I think it was a Rocky Patel's, the 60, he's got the 60 edition he came out with in 21. Yeah, nice. Um, 
And I, I now love Rocky Patel. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, God. Yeah. You can never go wrong with the Rocky Patel. No, know. no, it's a real go-to for me. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm still in my infancy with cigar stuff. And I'm yeah. still trying to figure out, because I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but I love a coffee with my cigar. Yes. My uncle taught me, taught me right with that one. I'm still learning about kind of how to pair them. And I, I still feel like a rookie when it comes to cigar smoking, but um, it is, me too. you know, I've, I've, so for this podcast, I've, there's supposed to be, I Googled, I went yesterday, uh, uh-huh. there's supposed to be a cigar shop in Guildford and it's closed down, unfortunately. No. So I was, yeah, I was going to go in and get one, but instead I thought, well, I'll order one online and me and Lewis at the podcast, will smoke it after we, we uh, record our next podcast. So I've got a Romeo Giulietta Cedros Deluxe, um, a robusta size, I believe, because um, I'm still a rookie, so I can't do much more. Than <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. So this is brilliant. It's given me an excuse to, you know, get some, yes. get into cigars again. Yes, that's perfect. So what, it, what have you tried so far in pairing coffee? Like what kind of coffees... Do you like and do you put cream in it? Do you just go black coffee? And then how do you try to pair it with cigars? So I, when I, in general life, I love, I love coffee. Um, I love very strong coffee. I generally go for dark roasts. Um, but I have to say that one coffee I found that really goes well with um, the Romeo Giulietta type cigars as well as kind of sort of, the thing I like about, no, I'm going to talk about Rocky Patel, actually, because the thing I like about the 60 version is that it's it's strong, it's earthy, but you kind of, I feel you get this aftertaste of slight sweetness and sort of fruitiness. And I love that, but I didn't think I would, but I love that kind of pairing. It's like, ooh. Um, and there's a coffee, uh, it's called Badass Brews, uh, is the company. Ooh. It's an American company. Mother of all brews is the, is the the specific coffee I like and it's it's I think it's a perfect pairing for the Rocky Patel 60 because it's it's incredibly strong and it's a dark roast coffee but you get this sort of this slight hint of sort of chocolatey caramelly stuff Mm. so you're getting the I think they go to they really complement each other well because they both have the strong earthy texture but then they have a little sweetness just to tide you over so Mm. that's what I found um so far I also love an espresso with a with a cigar sometimes yes that's what I have right now yeah oh nice yeah what do you get what what kind of espresso are you going for you know, I don't know. It's just like a little Nespresso machine. Yeah, and then yeah. They had the little pods. I just grabbed a pod. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Nespresso. Know, My dad right? has a Nespresso machine. And every time I go around there, there's something something good. I think I like the Colombian one of those. It's a mm. dark roast, strong one. Um, but if there's um, a company called Dark Star, which do a great espresso, it's just, it's, it's like, it's like cocaine in a cup. It's super strong. Right. <laughs> you're, wired, you're wired for a long time. I need that. Um, but yeah, so I love an espresso with a coffee, but I, but I also like, I think if I'm really going to kind of have that celebratory cigar, I'm going to go for, you know, a full, full cup so I can take my time and stuff. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So what's your favorite like time to smoke? Are you like a daily or weekly morning, lunch, nightcap, or just celebratory? 
I, I, it's mostly celebratory, yeah. but I am getting more regular and it's an evening. It's always an evening for me. Yes. I love, I love, you know, England sucks weather-wise, so yeah. it's kind of, <laughs> but, but actually when it is good in summer, it's, England's great because you, because it doesn't get a huge amount of sun all year, it's lovely and green. So when it is sunny, it's beautiful. So mm. I love in summertime, like just around about nine o'clock, just as the sun's starting to set and just with some music on some blues specifically, it goes great with cigars, I find. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it sounds so yeah. nice. <laughs> um, so that's, for me, that's perfect. It's like almost, you're just settling down for the evening. Um, yes. It's a good, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Time to relax. Mm, Are there exactly. any lounges around you? Do you ever go to lounges or cigar bars? Is that like a thing in London? There's tons in London because oh, there's no there's no restrictions. Like because I know there there used oh. to be restrictions on Cubans in in Cuban cigars in in America, didn't it? In fact, I remember um, when I, we had a lot of Americans um, train at the drama school I went to. They came over here to to train. And uh, <laughs> I remember a guy called Phil, the first thing he did in the first week, he was like, where do I get Cuban cigars? Because <laughs> he was like, he couldn't get them at that time. Um, and he was like, I don't know. At the time, I had no idea, but he was oh Googling gosh. the cigar shops. There's plenty of lounges in London and stuff. There's, I live in sort of a small little town, so there right. aren't here. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of lounges. I, maybe I, I need to check some out, actually. Yeah, um, check them out. Yeah, no restrictions. Are there restrictions in the US still? Because they used to be on Cubans and then didn't Obama yeah. lift some and then did it? I don't know what's... It never stuck for some reason. It didn't mm. take, so we still can't get them. I mean, like if you go somewhere, you can bring back under 50. Like you yeah, bring back yeah. a bunch. So. But yeah. yeah, you can't like sell them or anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Crazy. I know, it's enough. so weird. Yeah. Ugh. So I have... Another random question. Do you know a lot about your family history with the name Crespin? I know a little bit. Yeah. Because there's but someone in my family. I cannot remember. It's my mom's side of the family. Their last name was Crespin. And there's a Crespin Cigars. Is there? Like, yes. Like in, I think in Texas, I think. And like uh, somewhere down the line, far away, I'm like related to a Crespin somewhere. <laughs> right. I'm going to, that's giving me an excuse to go to Texas. Yes. Yeehaw, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're going to check it out. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, it's interesting because as far as I know, the Crespin, um, the family, my family were Belgian. Mm. because um, So it's often in Europe, it's often a French and Belgian kind of name there's a lot of um there was a famous op French opera singer called Régine Claspin and stuff like that mm -hmm. so by French people I was going oh Claspin I was like yeah fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> but actually uh, there's a huge amount of um uh from seeing people online and stuff a lot of Central Americans and Spanish families Mexicans and stuff like that that are um with the Crespin name which I didn't know about until you know a few years ago so I guess Tejas, man, like, you know, it could be, there could be yeah. the Spanish influence there and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to have to I check know, out. Right? Cigars, man. I know. I need to look more into it, too. I tried to, like, look into it when I first learned about it, but I can't remember. I can't remember what I found. I need to look into yeah. it again. <laughs> <It's so> funny. <laughs> yeah. 
So you just started a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. You're already into acting and voice acting and writing. It seems like a perfect fit for you. So tell us yeah. all about it. Yeah, I mean, I've wanted to do one for years. I've, I love podcasts. Um, yes. And I think we've they're so universal, yet they're still in their infancy. I think we forget about that, like how quickly they've taken over in terms of yeah. like audio stuff. So th obviously there's a massive market for it. But I, I had an idea for a podcast about four years ago, but I shelved it just because a lot of acting stuff came up at the same time and I was just super busy. Wow. And I didn't have the financial, um, you know, I didn't have the financial capability at that time to invest and stuff. Right. Um, but now I'm, I'm, oh, I'm loving it so much. We're called, so the podcast is called starving artists and it's me and my mate lewis lewis is a professional musician and it's kind of there's two themes to it so the the starving artist thing is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek kind of joke because obviously starving artists you think oh poor poor <laughs> artists you know starving for their craft right. so we talk a lot about about art of all kinds music film all that stuff but we talk specifically about what it's like to pursue a creative career, mm. how you monetize your passion, um, the challenges of, you know, trying to make money from these things. Because the competition's so, um, you know, there's huge amounts of people who want to be musicians and want to be actors. You know, it's, it's a tough tough industry and we also talk about the industry and the, a lot of the flaws and how the inner workings of it and what we would change about it. Uh, but we also, we we kind of matched that with stuff because we met in uh, recovery. Oh, cool. So we had to, he's like three weeks behind me. So he'll be a year soon. Um, and awesome. yeah, so we've got this really amazing bond where we're, we're the same age. We got into recovery at the same time. We both love music. We both play guitar um, and we just connected. Awesome. So there's a lot of stuff about sobriety and recovery and things like that. And we talk about, you know, there's a lot of stuff about mental health and what we think made us alcoholics Ooh. and stuff. Um, I love that. So it's, I think it's, it's different. I, th yeah. I think there's, I, I think it's unique in that respect because it's two different things. And we're, it's a very specific kind of friendship that not many people have. So yeah. we're loving it so far. And it's, it's you know, we've, we've only released two episodes. We're releasing the third on Monday. But we've also, uh, we've already like, the amount of downloads we're getting is far beyond what I thought we would get at this point. So nice. it's really cool. And, you know, it's hard, as you know, hard work setting up a podcast. It's totally. not easy like everyone thinks. You know? I know it, right? <laughs> yeah. Super, like, it's like a full-time job, especially at the early stages because you're, all the stuff you've got to set up. Um, exactly. But I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. And it's, it's giving me, you know, so much joy um, and, I just love it and we're getting guests on and I'm I'm lucky in the fact that I'm in a creative industry you know I'm in the acting industry so I I know some you know fairly big names and hopefully right. they'll come on at some point and I think it's yeah we're building and it's uh it's it's definitely worth a listen I think if if you if you like art and you like I you know we got cigar aficionados listening to this I think if you want to hear yeah. some drug stories we got you <laughs> All right oh my god it sounds so fun <laughs> so what's your what's your goal with the podcast I think initially I'm just trying to make good content that's yeah. my 
That's my goal, which is, is the final goal with anything, obviously. Uh, but I'm taking it super seriously. I'm treating it like an in, like a business, which, you know, Definitely. It, it, hopefully it will be one day. I've, I've invested a lot of money. We've got great equipment, which has cost a lot. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, it does. <laughs> yeah, it's not cheap. Um, and I'm looking into, you know, how to make money from it eventually. Because one, I've got to pay pay off the money I've spent, but it would be great. We get so much joy from it. And I do think the feedback I've had is that it has, you know, resonated with people. So if you can make money off something you care about and that's going to help other people, how yeah. great is that? So I'd love for it to be, we're going to release it in seasons, probably about 20 episodes a season. We, we release it weekly. Um, and... Yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing what it becomes. It's early days and I'm learning with every new episode and every new thing. Uh, but I'd love to do this, you know, forever. Hopefully, yeah, right? so much. you know, I get to chat shit with my mate every week. Exactly. And I love it, you know? Yeah, and it's like a form of therapy. You just kind of sit down and talk about the things you love and the things you've been through. And to be able to do that with a friend that has been through the similar situations and that's yeah. just so cool I think that'll yeah yeah I feel awesome. I feel really lucky and it's it's I'm already enjoying it so much and I just you know I just got to keep going and we I want us to you know we um we think it we think it could help people because I think there's a lot of people of who you know I, and I was one of them who I don't know what I felt, and I think a lot of alcoholics do, trapped by the booze. Like they kind of can't. You just feel like even if you want to stop drinking, you somehow can't. Um, and I think it gives a message that help is out there. And when you're ready to reach out and ask for help, it's there and it and it works. And we're both living proof of that. So, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. That's so cool. So, what else does the future hold for you? What a you know you have this dream with your podcast. You have more dreams and about your future and acting or in anything else. I think I'm always you know the acting industry is really tough uh, and it's a long old game. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So, but it's 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 my love and it is my passion and it's what you know. I knew I was in this for the long haul. So I thankfully for me I know that the second half of this year is very fully booked with acting stuff so that's great I'm very lucky with that uh so I'm definitely gonna keep keep acting keep going and um you know see where that that goes and just do I just want to do work I care about really um I I've got no desire to be famous or be a you know a Hollywood star I mean it'd be great if I could work with amazing directors and stuff in Hollywood that would be cool but it's not the aim um I think in a nutshell, my dream for my future is just to keep creating cool shit. <laughs> you know, nice. that hope, I like that, that goal. <laughs> yeah, that hopefully connects with people. Cause I found that such a such a a really rewarding process. Cause I've started w- with the podcast as well, under the same bracket of starving artists. I've started a website with a blog on it. I do two posts a week about pretty a lot of deep stuff and have had people reach out and say, you know, they're struggling with what I was struggling with and things like that. So I think that's a big part of it. I didn't really realize that connection, as we said earlier, connection with other people is really important. Right, for sure. Wow, that's so cool. So tell us, where can everybody find you, your podcast, your music, your writing, your poetry, 
where can yeah. everybody find everything and then what else do you want everybody to know before we end this great well thank you for letting me plug the show because i hope some of your listeners would enjoy um so all the information is at starving artists pod so starving artists then podpod.com it's got the blog on there it's got all the links to the podcast we're on all the all the major platforms you know apple spotify google google podcasts Stitcher, all the, all the stuff um so you can find us by searching on there as well but we've got direct links on the website um also follow us at starving artists underscore pod on instagram or starving underscore pod on twitter but we're mainly on instagram at the moment i'm trying to be better with twitter but i hate I'm twitter. so bad at twitter <laughs> yeah me too i just don't like it. I either. Um, yeah for any like music stuff i've got a few you type in daniel crespin c-r-e-s-p-i-n into youtube there's some music stuff on there um and likewise in google for any of the poetry stuff will probably come up uh and shout out to um talking of the poetry stuff to there's a theater company called chew boy productions in the uk and they also do arts magazines uh called chewing the fat and i've been in there them a couple of times so if you want to read my poetry you can check them out um but yeah i just want people to know that the podcast is out there and that you know if you're struggling with you know addiction or anything you're not alone and um there's help out there if, if you need it you know amazing i love it well thank you so much this has been amazing congratulations again on being a year sober thank Good you luck to you let me know if i can help at all with your podcast whatever you need me oh, to do amazing. anything Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. It's been lovely. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Everyone, check out the Starving Artist podcast and follow Daniel on social media. Links will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I'll talk to you soon. If you want to support the Ashes with Ash podcast and help grow this community through storytelling, go to www.anchor.fm slash ashes with ash slash support.